You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Brown, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. It's Combine Week in the NFL, one of the biggest weeks of the offseason from an evaluation standpoint. Teams get to sit down, speak with the top prospects in the draft. They also get an opportunity to speak with 31 other teams, front offices about possible trades, moving up, that sort of thing. Bryson, I can't tell you, I am excited for this time of year. Yeah, it's when all the rumors start coming out and we start really learning how uh, teams are really looking up a draft and, you know, their rankings and start talking trades and free agency signings. It's really the the rumor mill uh, creation uh, for the next season. So really excited to see the, the um, process play out and, and see where Carolina lands. Yeah, let's start with today, Frank Reich. And Scott Fur both held press conferences at the Combine in Indy. And we'll start with Derek Carr. Panthers Brass, along with David Tepper, Nicole Tepper, met with Carr last night. Frank said that Carr checks a lot of boxes. Scott called it a get-to-know-you session. What is your initial reactions to that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's <clears> – <throat> I think Carolina fans are overreacting slightly uh, – I know, you know, we don't want to see another uh, veteran quarterback in Carolina, um, you know, one that – or a route that we've gone multiple times for the past couple of years. And I, I just – I think that Carolina fans are kind of just touchy-feely on that subject, and that and that's fair. I'm not saying they shouldn't be, but I think, I think they're just doing their due diligence, which is what they have said multiple times, and um, – I don't think that talking with somebody and and kind of just feel, getting a feel for, uh, you know, what they're looking for and and what the team is looking for is really that all that bad. Uh, I I knew eventually this was going to happen, and um, it seems like from the presser, Frank Reich, it's it's just really a a due diligence thing, and I really think that's the truth. And I don't think Carolina, based off of a lot of things, but um, one thing in particular was the recent report of them trying to uh, re-sign Sam Darnold. Uh, it really just it lends to me with the way the staff has been structured and um, talking to Sam Darnold is that they are they want a rookie quarterback. They do not want to go the veteran route, and and they are just leaving no no stone unturned and just checking out every avenue because they want whatever is going to help the Carolina Panthers win. And, and have sustained success. So I can't can't fault them for, for checking it out. But, uh, you know, obviously I, I don't want Derek Carr in Carolina. I think the uh, rookie quarterback route is the way to go. And um, But I, I'm not upset that they, you know, they, they've had talks and then they have more talks scheduled for next Monday. Uh, Did you- that scare you, though, at all? Like that, that <laughs> when they said they're going to have a conversation again on Monday, that's kind of like, hey, we got to see what the rookies are about. Let's let's circle back on Monday after we get our, you know. Yeah, so that, that – now, I was going to say, that's a little concerning to me, Um, just that they've already, like, put that out there and that, you know, yeah, we have talks scheduled after the combine, like, 
I, that's a little concerning. Um, don't really know. I don't know, like, if there's, like, a play to that for Carolina or for Derek Carr um, or if Carolina's just trying to drive the price up for the Saints uh, or that whatever. Could, that could be, but, too. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think the, the preliminary talks that they had are perfectly fine in my book. Uh, if we get to Monday and they're talking again and things are heating up, I'm going to be a little concerned. I'm gonna be pissed off. <laughs> so when I I watch when I watch both Reich and Scott's presser, Reich made me a little concerned when he was talking about Carr. He had a lot of things good to say about him, and I get yeah. it. I mean, he's not gonna go out and trash the guy, but like, I mean, he was saying things that you would say in the quarterback you want, like checks all the boxes. You know that veteran leadership has been a proven winner and. That that I wasn't very comfortable with. And then on the flip side, Scott Fitter made it seem like, hey, where this is just the next step in the process. We have to look at both sides right now because free agency begins after the combine, basically. And, you know, that's just you got to play both sides of the road at the same time. And he, you know, he mentioned that. So that kind of, um, you know, made me a little bit more calmer. But. I really do not want to. I do not want Derek Carr, and we both mentioned this on, on this show. I just, I don't think the retread route is the way to go. I mean, we all know it. Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, none panned out, and I get it. I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback than all three of those guys. Yeah, and I know he's had some success in this league, but he reminds me a lot of like the Kirk Cousins type where. You might get to the playoffs here and there, but I don't I don't know if he's ever going to get you over the hump. And and what I mean by that is win a championship. And that's what they're ultimately trying to do. And I feel like you already know his ceiling. And I feel like the ceilings of some of these rookie quarterbacks are going to be higher yeah. than where Derek Carr is at. And that's what I just and I and I think the money aspect too. I mean, they're going to have to do a lot of. Re, there's going to have to be some restructures done. And Scott talked about that today a little bit. If this were to come together, because I mean, he wants thirty five, forty million dollars a year. I mean, and Carolina's. I think at this point with Corbett's restructure, they're at like negative five million right now. So I mean, there's a lot that needs to happen um, for this to work out. But yeah, I just I don't. I don't want to see it happen. Now, is there a scenario for you at least? I don't think there's one for me, but is there a scenario where you'd be comfortable bringing him in? I mean, I think if if he came in way under the $35 million pr- price tag and they still drafted a rookie quarterback like Richardson or Levis to you know, sit behind him and develop for a year or two, uh, if, you know, if he were to sign just a couple-year contract for – you know, cheap. Um, that'd be all right for me. Him serving as a bridge quarterback, but I don't think that's what he wants. I think he's looking for someplace to go and finish out his career. So, um, if he were to ever do something like that, then sure. You know, I think I'd be all right with him coming. But that's not the way that I see he's uh, he's wanting to to go about his free agency. Yeah, I don't. I, I am from his interviews in the past couple of weeks and at the Pro Bowl. It just it doesn't seem like he wants a stop gap for one or two years and then move on. It's he wants to find his next home and stay there a while. And I don't know if you caught this, but I was rewatching the presser a little bit ago, and it's so hard to hear the reporters from the stream. But I believe it was Dave and Newton asked the last question, and he asked something to the effect about Derek Carr 
um, and his contract and eat and, you know, taking on a quarterback contract of like 35 to 40 million, which would be what Carr is probably asking. And Fitterer said, it's basically a commitment at that point, which to me makes it seem like if they get Carr, like, and I've seen this out there and this is the only reason why I'm bringing it up is people think that if they get Carr, he'll be the bridge to this next rookie. And I don't think that is the, it was what's going to happen. If they go after Carr, it's going to be the commitment. He is going to be the starter for the next couple of years. And I don't see them going out and getting a rookie quarterback. I don't. I don't think that's – and that's kind of what I took from his comments today when he said that because I feel like he's saying, yeah, that's a commitment to Derek Carr, and that's kind of what it is at that point. So, again, I could be reading that wrong, but that's kind of what I took from it. But we shall see. I mean, that Monday – Monday's coming quick here. <laughs> we got a couple more days and yeah. we're, we're, we're going to know here, I think really, you know, a telltale sign of what, you know, route they're looking at. And I think and I tweeted this out today from just initial observations. You're going to find out quickly what they plan to do in the draft based off of who they sign as a veteran quarterback. Cause they're going to go and get one. I mean, that's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Matt Corral and you got maybe one other guy in that QB room signed to the team currently. You need to go out and get one. So I understand that. I just, I don't think, I'm not willing to get that commitment to Carr at this point. Let's talk about Deontay Foreman and Bradley Bozeman. And we'll get to the rookie quarterbacks here shortly because I know that's going to be the majority of this talk. But those guys, it sounds like, are big commitments for both Frank Reich and Scott Fitterer, which both of us have talked about as two of the guys we thought were top priorities for them to sign that were on as a free agent. So just kind of walk me through that after hearing that today. Yeah, I mean, I was excited to to hear that Bozeman is one of uh, his top priorities. And um, Foreman, I'm, I mean, I'm just a little on the fence about Foreman at this point with the talent that's in this draft and – Free agency, running back wise, I don't know if Foreman is really a every down back. He's definitely not every down back, but I don't know if he's really starting caliber uh, running back in this league. Uh, just I know he last season he did have the most rushes with seven or more defenders in the box. I think like ninety percent of the time that he ran the ball, he had a, a box of seven or more um, with, uh, versus opposing defenses, which is really hard to run against, but. Um, I know there's other talent out there like Josh Jacobs and which is going to cost a lot more money, but uh, I'm not against Foreman, but uh, he, he wasn't one of my top priorities, but I mean, it's, it's, it's cool to hear that Federer told him, you know, before the uh, off season started that he was going to be one of his top priorities. And it seems like he's sticking to that. And um, of course, Bradley Bozeman, who's the top priority um, as far as it goes. I think we both agree on that. Um, he is a leader. He is a, extremely good center in the NFL. Uh, he will he will be a quarterback's dream, especially a rookie, um, you know, calling the checks at the line and, and just being that veteran presence that, that a rookie's going to need. And I think that he is just a part of this team that you really can't afford to lose right now. And uh, it, with the continuity of the offensive line and and just the, the level of play that he put on the field last season. So uh, I think that they, at all costing to bring Bozeman back and hopefully sign him to a long-term deal. So we're not doing this again in a year or two, but yeah, Bozeman and Foreman are. Uh, if they're both resigned, I'll be I'll be happy. 
Yeah, Bozeman's priority number one. Got to get him back. Both guards, major surgeries in the offseason. There is no question. His play on the field and his commitment to Charlotte and this community along with his wife is unmatched. Go and get him. Lock him up. And like you said, I think he's going to be pretty pivotal for any rookie coming in if they choose that route. Foreman, man, they got to get him back. I don't know what you're talking about. He, I mean... Look at like from week seven on, I mean, the guy, he had over 800 rushing yards from week seven in 10 games. I mean, he was outstanding. And I think, I think a lot of that was helped with the offense line, but I feel like he can be, you know, almost in every down back and you throw Chuba in there. And I think they're a good mix together. And I think, I mean, I don't, I, if if there is a running back in the draft that they can add to it, maybe uh, I just don't think they have the capital to do that. If they're going to go out and get a quarterback, I mean, I could be wrong on that, but yeah, I, I mean, think... I, I I'm not opposed to Foreman. I just I think that there are better options out there as it stands right now through the draft or through free agency, and uh, I just preferably like a a, ru- a running back that can be that versatile uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. And run the ball, you know, the Christian McCaffrey style, the Alvin Kamara style running backs. Um, Foreman is good, but he has he had games last season where he wasn't good and he disappeared. Um, but I think, you know, it was his first real his the first time in his career where he was the feature back. So um he'll probably only improve from last season to to this upcoming season. And um I, I know like stats wise, he was he was pretty efficient and um and really, you know, he's he's not a bad running back. It's just I thought I think that there are, there are better options out there, but they're probably going to cost you more money, or they're going to cost you draft capital. So uh, maybe Foreman is the best option. Um, I'm keeping an open mind at this point. Yeah, and I think I just think too is along with his play, I think he's going to be a cheap, like viable option for them. Like Spotrac has him. I just looked it up quickly. His market value is three point four million average per year, which if you look at the guys around him, if you like them a little bit more, I'm sure are going to be way more costly than what he is. So, and just from rankings of, uh, you know, people have put out there the top 10 rankings of free agent running backs. He's not even on the list. And I think that's ridiculous because I think he had a hell of a season last year and was top half of the league, the last back half of the season. Uh, and you're right. I mean, he did have some down games in there. Um, Pittsburgh comes to mind, but they really didn't run the ball in that game. And that whole game was just a total disaster. Um, And then the Baltimore game, it looks like he had a down game as well. But anyway, so I think we'll see what happens, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at all if they bring those guys back. Let's talk about Terrace Marshall a little bit, and then we'll get to these rookie QBs because Marshall was, uh, they asked, I don't know who asked about him, but they asked about Terrace Marshall and what they can see in his rise for this team. And I think that, I mean, the future is bright for him. He he got more of an opportunity last year once Matt Rule was canned. And, you know, he had some injuries uh, coming out of college. And then Scott today talked about just how young he was coming out. And I think Scott said today that, I think it was, quote, he's about to take off, which is, I would agree with. I think he's going to have a pretty big season, and he's got an, you know, an offensive-minded coach I think is going to do a good job of using him. I guess for my question for you is, 
do you think Marshall can be the number two receiver or do they need to add to that group? I, I do. I think uh, I'm a huge fan of Terrace Marshall and I have been for a long time, uh, pretty much ever since he was drafted to Carolina. Uh, you know, Matt Rule really hampered the start of his career. I don't, I mean, just a, a laundry list of things that Matt Rule has done and, and what, he, what he did to Terrace Marshall to begin his career is just on that list of so many things that Matt Rule did wrong. But Marshall is a, a receiver that's got size and speed that are elite and uh, we've seen it just last season, the limited opportunities that he had, jump balls. He's a very good receiver. At, at, at he, he reminds me of T. Hickens uh, is, would be my comp for him. And I think that he can he can play to that level. Uh, he's only going to improve with the more opportunity that he gets. And uh, I I do think that they could still add to the group because after DJ Moore and Marshall, there's not really a whole lot uh, back there. Uh, Shy Smith and um, hell, I can't remember who else at this point. But they uh, they could use some more talent and depth pieces. Uh, maybe a smaller, fast fast kind of receiver slot guy. I guess that's what they hope Shy Smith is going to be, but a more established receiver that's you know proven would probably be better. And then uh, Shy Smith for depth uh, reasons. But I think uh, Marshall is is the wide receiver too, and adding somebody to the room won't hurt. Yeah, I definitely think he can. I mean, there it sounds like they want to add another guy to that room, and I would agree with it. Um, I think it would be nice to find someone to take the top off the defense consistently. And I think, I think they'll get some guy in the draft. It's not, I know, you know, it's, we all, we all hear about it and joke about it. Scott Fitter said, you know, this could be a sexy draft and he's talking about some of the, you know, the, those key positions, um, the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, the tight ends. So that, the, I mean, this is the year where, they're going to hopefully get some flashier players to build around this offense, which will be nice. And that's a perfect segue into the most talked about thing in this press conference all day long was quarterbacks across the board, whether it was a veteran or a rookie. And both Frank Reich and Scott Fitter had high praise for Bryce Young. I just want to get your initial thoughts, Bryson, on – you know, what they had to say about him. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything they had to say. He's definitely, I think, the consensus number one uh, prospect quarterback-wise in this draft. Uh, obviously, everybody talks about his size, being that he's only 5'10 and 195 pounds, but you expect for him to bulk up a little bit coming to the league, with, uh, maybe get to closer to Kyler Murray's size. Uh, I think they're about the same height. And um, he's just, I would say he's the most complete quarterback. Uh, I think a lot of people are comparing him to a point guard style quarterback, which I think is what I think was right. That said, uh, that's what he looks for in, in, in a quarterback specifically. Um, he's, I mean, he's, he's got everything you want poise. Uh, he's accurate. His arm strength isn't as good as some other guys in this class, but it's definitely adequate. And I just, I, I, there's really not a whole lot of holes in this game besides his size. If he was, if he was CJ Stroud size, he would be the clear cut, no questions asked, number one quarterback in this draft, and people would be trading up, are fighting to trade up to number one to draft him. Um, but I think with his size, it's scaring a lot of teams. And even Wright mentioned it in the presser. 
um, it definitely is a concern. You know, nobody's ever been his size and drafted number one overall or drafted that high before. And um, it is a concern, but I mean, that that's a risk that in my mind, you have to be willing to take with the kind of talent that he has. Yeah. And I, I hear the size and I tweeted this out yesterday because I was getting frustrated by it is you always hear this guys can bulk up at the next level. Brian Burns can bulk up at the next level. So-and-so can bulk up at the next level. Why the hell doesn't that apply to Bryce Young? Like, he's not immune to that. Like, he can bulk up. And it might be a little bit harder for a quarterback, and I get it, and it's got to be natural, and you just don't want to bulk up to bulk up and go eat 100 McDonald's sandwiches, and then you're 205. Like, I understand that, but I feel like Bryce Young is not going to be at 194 forever or whatever he's at right now. And it sounds like from the reports out today from – the NFL network is he's pro- he's going to be probably around 200 pounds coming in. He does have a slender frame, but you're worried about this guy's durability and his toughness. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I watched the game last night, all the offensive snaps from Alabama versus Tennessee. Go watch that game. It was two weeks removed from his sprained shoulder on his throwing arm. And he got lit up in that Tennessee game. I mean, getting crunched between massive D linemen. He got a nice helmet shot late in the game. And then late in the game, he was running one of his few runs in the game. And he slid a little late and got leveled, got right back up and kept moving. I mean, (laughs) I get it. I get the slender build, but I think think this guy will work out in the NFL. And it's been proven with some of these other quarterbacks that you've talked about and Kyler Murray, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, all those guys come to mind. Um, But I wanted to talk about something that Scott, you know, Scott Fitter said today, and you touched on a little bit, his poise, competitiveness, his processing. And then one thing that I thought stuck out is he said he was just chill. Like he's so calm and just, just a really chill guy. And I wanted, I teased this a little bit on Twitter today, but um, it's time for a little story. So it was a Thursday night football game against Atlanta in November. Bryson and I both had went to the game, got lower both seats, so we went in early. And I, I ended up going over to the Panthers sideline, and I was literally calling out a bunch of the head honchos, Scott Fitter, Dan Morgan, and then David Tepper. And I got Scott's attention. I wanted to get a picture with him because I never have. So we got a picture, and I asked him at the time, again, this was November, who do you like, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? And he basically gave me the typical GM speech, like, you know, we're looking at all the QBs coming out. And then he finished with this, and I thought it was telling, and he said, but you know, Bryce Young is very special. And and then you know, I was like, hey, you better go out and find a way to go get one of these guys. And then he kind of walked off. And I was a little shocked. And I, it wasn't at the assessment of Bryce Young, but that he would and he would go out of his way to tell me that. So I've kept that in my back pocket. I remember running over to Bryson and telling him, like, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, this guy, this guy literally just <laughs> said that. Um, yeah. you know, he's a special player. Um, but clearly he has some conviction on him, you know, as a quarterback. Um, and then that a little while later, we got Dan Morgan over um, and I asked him about the rookie quarterbacks. And I ended up tweeting this out that night. And he said, don't worry, we'll get one. And 
I mean, those are the two, you know, those guys are in those rooms. They're ones making decisions. They're ones that made, you know, was in the interview room with when they hired Frank Reich. They're in on these interviews with these young players. And I mean, for both of those guys to say that, I think, you know, from that moment on, it was it's rookie quarterback time. It really is. And you you hear about it. And I know the Derek Carr still the stuff still kind of scares me a little bit, but. I think it's the year they're going to finally go out and get a quarterback in the top 10 the first time since Cam Newton. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I was there, the stories are true. Uh, they did happen. Um, it was a magical night. Uh, Carolina, you know, one, uh, added to the, <clears throat> the fun that we had, but yeah. Uh, I thought it was telling as well that, you know, he, he would end it on that note and, um, I was there with you when <clears throat> we were talking to Dan Morgan. Uh, they definitely have a guy, I think. And, um, you know, the the word that you use that Fitter keeps using over and over and over again is con- if you have conviction on a guy. And uh, for for Scott Fitter to end his sentence uh, speaking to us on Bryce Young and, um, and for Fitter to continue to use that word, I really feel like he at least likes Bryce Young a substantial amount, <laughs> um, which is fair because Bryce Young is extremely, you know, an extremely highly rated prospect coming into the league, obviously. So, uh, uh, you know, he's he's been preaching. If you have conviction about a guy, you go out and get him. You don't wait for him to fall in your lap. You got to be aggressive. You got to go get your guy. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I, I mean – now that all the cards are out there and, you know, Bryce and I have known this, but you have Scott Fitter saying Bryce Young's very special. You have Benjamin Albright who came out and I don't remember the date, but I think it was December and said that, you know, Carolina has, has their eyes on CJ Stroud. I don't know ex- word for word what he said, but he said CJ Stroud was in there. And then you have the reporting by both Will Kunkel and I believe it was Ellis Williams earlier this past season, early on, that David Tepper was all in on Will Levis. So, I mean, those three guys right there, the the one guy we haven't heard, and I have I didn't listen, and I'm upset that I missed it today. Kyle Bailey's interview with Scott Fitter. I don't know if you caught that, Bryce and all, but I know he did ask about Anthony Richardson, so I don't know what he said about him specifically. So I'd have to go back and listen to that, but. I mean, that, those are three reports out there uh, that I would say are, you know, viable ones. Uh, I don't know, you know, how much Albright is in tune with Carolina, but um, that's just one out there to take note of. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. This week, I got Bryson picking. He is going to take the Warriors to upset the LA Clippers in Thursday night's game. Clippers are favored by three. He has the Warriors beating them, pulling off the upset. Download the app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. 
only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. But let's talk about that because, again, both coaches, they were at, they were asked, I believe Reich was asked about Will Levis as well, if I'm not mistaken. I yeah, think he, he was. Yeah, he was. So they talked about him a little bit. Um, but it sounds like they interviewed six guys today. Or I mean, six guys already at the combine. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Hendon Hooker, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and then Scott Fitter said off camera that they also talked with Max Duggan. Um, so Bryson, I'll start with you. Who is your top four out of that group or just top four in this draft at quarterback? Yeah, um, I think the guy that we've been talking about for a minute now is my number one, and I'm sure you agree. Bryce Young, uh, like like I said, uh, we talked about it. You know, he's the most complete quarterback in this draft. His poise, uh, his chillness, as Scott or as Frank Reich says, um, or, or I think that's who said it. Uh, and just, I, I mean, everything. He's he's uh, like a miniature Patrick Mahomes in in my eyes. I think if uh, teams get over his size and um, really just kind of set that to the side, which, you know, you can't totally ignore it, but I don't think, you know, putting as much weight as, which is funny to say, as much weight as teams are putting on his weight uh, is is necessary at this point. Um, Like you you mentioned, quarterbacks in the past have succeeded his size, maybe a little bit uh, bigger than him, but, He's gonna he's gonna gain weight. He's gonna bulk up. Uh, NFL regiment is just completely different than a college regiment, and uh, he's going to bulk up. Uh, I mean, he's just he has no weaknesses in his game at all. Uh, the only knock that I you could possibly say is that his arm strength isn't as good as some other guys in this class, but his arm strength is perfectly adequate. Uh, he doesn't. He's not gonna not be able to make a throw because of his arm strength. He's just not slinging it from end zone to end zone like these other guys can. So. Um, I think that Bryce Young's my number one, and I really have a hard time seeing anyone else being there. Um, Let's wait. Don't yeah, don't go to number two yet. So number one, clear obvious choice for me. It's been this way, I think, since we've started even talking about quarterbacks. Probably in October when Matt Rule was fired. It's Bryce Young, without a doubt. The guy is, he's, I think he's going to be, Scott said it, and I'm going to take his word. He's going to be a special player in this league. His only knock is his frame. Can he bulk up? Can he get a little bit bigger of a frame? And I, and you know, I see the height. People talk about the height. The guy doesn't miss in the middle of the field. He sees the middle of the field well. Um, And, you know, that's always the big knock. We saw it with Baker Mayfield last year. Um, you know, it's a passes. Um, but he finds those windows and he can do the arm angles. I've, I've seen the sidearm throws from Bryce Young. I've seen moving in the pocket to find those windows, throwing over guys, finding the little holes in the offensive lines to fit the balls through. He can play. He really can. And I think he's going to be impressive at the next level i think someone said it best today you know if he was 6'2 and you might have even just said if he was 6'2 and 240 i mean this guy is in the trevor lawrence and joe burrow echelon of prospects coming out so and i think you know of these last couple years he's he's one of the top tier um Mm -hmm. 
I think f- from what I've seen, I think he's better than Justin Fields from what I've seen of Justin Fields coming out. Um, you might not agree with that because I know you were pretty high on Justin Fields, but I think he's a better prospect than Justin Fields. And we'll see. I think this is the year they got to – It's I, I mean, I know a couple months ago I said I probably won't give up three first-rounders. I think I'd give up three first-rounders to go get Bryce Young. Yeah, um, that's fair. It, so. And one thing we haven't even mentioned about, you know, everything that plays – so if, if you're worried about his size and his you know his height and his weight, just look at the the league last year and how much they protect the quarterbacks now with the roughing the passer calls. I mean, the only time he's going to be getting hit is if I mean on a blitz or uh, you know uh, the offensive line fails. But our offensive line is one of the better ones in the league now, which is feels great to say. Um, he would be playing behind a legit offensive line. Um, great coaching, and you know he's really not going to be getting hit, be getting hit all that much. Um, he was getting hit more in college than he would be getting hit in the NFL. Um, so I, I think that's something else that you should you should weigh. I mean, the league is wants to protect quarterbacks, so uh, I mean, I think that's definitely something that should be considered. But uh, but yeah, one I, other I thing, one other thing too that I we haven't. I mean, the guy has he has so many Houdini type plays, like yeah. legitimately like. I forgot the video I tweeted out a couple of months ago. I think it was or a couple of weeks ago. I think um God, what the hell is his name? Dan. Dan Orvlosky. He mm-hmm. had he had mentioned in a show, he said, Go, I think it was on the Rich Eisen show. He said, You want to go see tape on Bryce Young, watch the Texas game. It was low scoring. Bryce Young didn't have the greatest day. It wasn't this massive stat line. It doesn't always have to be that way. But I went and watched that game. And towards the end of it, he ended up they ended up winning. I mean, it was very low scoring. They ended up winning very close game. And the the play where the defense van comes free and he ducks under that to get out of there and roll. I mean, it was the and he made he made the play. He made a play like that and a couple of plays like that against in Tennessee's game as well. So his out of structure or whatever you want to call it, off, you know, out yeah, I think it's off out of structure type plays, you know, the the Patrick Mahomes type plays of the world, he has those. He makes those time and time again in college, time and time again. Yeah, and uh, and I agree with you. I think that being able to get a prospect like Bryce Young, who I also agree I think is a better prospect overall than Justin Fields is and was, um, but Justin Fields would still probably go number one in this draft due to Bryce Young's size. Uh, That would probably be the knock, and someone would take Justin Fields over him. But uh, I think – Without a doubt, if you if this is your guy, if Scott Fitter and and Frank Reich agree, go get him. Do whatever it takes. Three first round picks is fine with me. You know you you have a you have a quarterback that you're going to be able to build around on a rookie contract, which is you know sequential to building Super Bowl caliber rosters. Is having a, a quarterback that's not making fifty million dollars a year. Uh, it really just gives you a step forward that versus the teams that already are having to pay their quarterback that the top dollar. In the league, so uh, the three first round picks is really, you know, you're you're getting the one this year, and then you're going to be trading two more uh, for the next two years. So it, it, I mean, it's it, it would be worth it in my eyes, without a doubt, to get Bryce Young, and that's what you're giving up. So I agree. Um, moving on to number two, uh, my number two quarterback and one of my favorite prospects uh, in, in a while is C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. I really, really, really like C.J. Stroud. 
one of the notes I have here is that he has the lowest floor out of any quarterback in my rankings, meaning, you know, he's, I think at, at worst, he's going to be a, a mid-level starting caliber quarterback in this league, but I think he's going to be better than that. Um, he has probably the, uh, I don't know. He, he's got really good arm strength. I don't know if he's the best, but he really great arm strength. An, another guy who's got amazing poise in the pocket, like Bryce Young. Um, I know one of the knocks on CJ Stroud is that he's just had amazing wide receivers and talent surrounding him in Ohio state uh, in his whole career. And he's, he's had games where, you know, it's, he's not, he's not been on his best, but his final game versus Georgia where he showed the ability to run, I think is something that's really helped his draft draft stock a lot uh, because he doesn't, he's a quarterback that doesn't really like to, but um, versus Georgia, he showed that he can and that he's willing and I think that if he does that on the NFL level, it's only going to help him. So um, C.J. Stroud, I if they traded up to number one and they took C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young, I would not be mad. I think C.J. Stroud is that good. Um, I think he's ready to go day day one. He's he's your week one starter uh, as well as Bryce Young could be. Uh, C.J. Stroud is he doesn't. I wouldn't say he has not as high of a ceiling as Bryce Young has, but. C.J. Stroud is going to be a very good quarterback in this league for a long time. Yeah, I think you got to love him. He's got the size you want. He can move. Just watch that Georgia game. That's all you need to watch. I mean, the what he did in that game versus, you know, probably a dynasty almost at this point in college football, yep. you know, the Bulldogs, and what he did in that game and how he used his legs – I mean, that's going to be a big question for him, I'm sure, from these teams is where was that all season? Why did it take until that game? Or is this is is this, are you just scratching the surface now with that? Because that is going to be something I see you all you see a lot of comparison to Ryan Tannehill, you know, type player, um, with maybe a little bit bigger arm. Um, but I think again, I I think he would be I mean, I want Bryce Young, but I think he'd be a good consolation prize to Bryce Young, if you want to put it that way. I think he can be a pretty good quarterback in this league. Uh, he's definitely had talent at wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Smith Nagba, Marvin Harrison Jr., who's going to be a stud next year. Like the he's he's had talent around him, but he has played really well. And I think he's going to be a, a quarterback that will be ready right away. And a quarterback that's going to have a lengthy career in the NFL. So I, I'm, we're, I don't think this has ever happened where we're both on the same page for one and two at quarterback. Yeah. Um, in this, in this uh, upcoming draft, let's go to three, and I'll start. Go ahead. And it's Anthony Richardson for me. Um, you probably thought I was going to say Will Levis, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to say Willows. <laughs> I think Anthony Richardson, I just watched his Utah game, which was pretty impressive. Um, probably one of his best in the year. Uh, that Tennessee game was also another good one. But um, Anthony Richardson, I mean, his ceiling, he might have one of the highest ceilings in this entire class. Um, I mean, you see the comparisons. I can't remember who said it the other day. It was, uh, you know, Cam Newton, Jalen Hurts type player at his highest level. 
Um, his floor could be pretty low. Um, it's I think he's definitely going to take – he's a QB that's going to take some time. Uh, there's things he's got to work on. Um, kind of the layering of throws, um, you know, some of the touch passes, that sort of thing. He needs to work on his footwork. Uh, I, I pulled this from the QB school that I've watched so many videos on and all these guys, and he likes to play with, I think he, he uh, JT calls it, he's toesy a lot in the pocket. So that's something he's going to have to work on with his footwork, Anthony Richardson. But the guy can run, and he has got a rocket of an arm. And if you can put it all together, and if you can mold him, and this kind of goes against my grain a little bit because I get, for me, I get a little hesitant on some of these guys in years past. And I did like Malik last year, and he kind of reminds me of him. I do think he's a better prospect than Malik Willis, but um, I think he's, you know, he, it would be a year, he would need probably a year to develop more um, and a, a bridge type quarterback to step in for this season. But I think if he can put it all together, he could be a special player as well. So. Yeah. Uh, seems like we're going to have the same exact list here because uh, Anthony Richardson is also my third ranked quarterback. I, uh, I agree with most everything that you said. Uh, you know, he's a, he's six, four, two thirty, uh, a beast of a player. Um, doesn't matter if he's a quarterback or a running back or a wide receiver, just a, a, a beast of a specimen. Uh, and for him to be a quarterback and uh, have the abilities that he has with his arm strength, uh, which is, in my opinion, the best in the class, and his ability to run the ball, I think I think Anthony Richardson has the highest ceiling out of any quarterback in this draft. I think that if he goes to the right situation – and gets time to sit behind somebody for a year or two and really learn an NFL uh, offensive playbook and gets that time to to process at an NFL speed, I think Anthony Richardson could be amazing in this league, like the league on fire, uh, Lamar Jackson-style uh, player. And I think that, you know, he's he is a project. Uh, he's not going to be able to come in and start day one. Um, so if Carolina's thinking extremely long-term, then maybe this is the route they go if they stay at nine and they bring in a veteran quarterback who talks with Sam Darnold or Brissett or whatever, and um, they get they bring in Richardson and, and mold him, and uh, hopefully he's ready next year or a year after. But uh, Richardson is somebody that I think is going to be good eventually. Uh, I think that he's got all the tangibles that you look for uh, in a quarterback, um, doesn't have a whole lot of – tape uh in college uh he hasn't really played that long but i think that he has promise that is just undeniable and i think that's why everybody's talking about him being a top 10 pick at this point yeah and i want before we go to the next one i'm glad you mentioned it there at the end and i wanted to bring this back up is limited experience is another like worry for him i mean he's only played for he he's only had 455 dropbacks in college he's like that trey lance you know there was some worry about trey lance's limited experience before going to san fran and that's that would be the concern there yeah um, with him as well and i think most definitely he's the biggest boomer bust 
um, as far as a prospect. But I mean, if that boom hits, he's going to be, I think someone said, I saw it the other day. I mean, he, he could be the top three running quarterback in the league already coming in. Like he's, he's really, he knows how to navigate when he's got the ball in his hands. So, well, let's go to number four. Let's go to four here. Yeah. I think number four is for me is Will Levis. Um, I, it, this is the most like, I don't know, like controversial prospect uh, I've seen in a long time. I've, I've seen people saying without a doubt he's going to be the number one pick. Uh, and I've seen people say he's a late first round, maybe second round pick. Like, I, I don't understand how so much, how, how there are so much differing opinions on the same person that we are all looking at. But, uh, you know, the biggest knock on him was this past season. He wasn't good at all but uh people like to provide him with the excuse that it was a new offensive coordinator behind a terrible offensive line with no talent around him and he made the most out of it but i think uh, if you look at last season will levis was you know one of the top prospects in college football but to just glance over what he did this season um even with all of the things that i mentioned not in his favor uh i really think that it he is another uh boomer bust option uh in this draft and he's not i don't think he's going to be ready day one I, he's going to he's another guy that i need think needs to sit behind somebody for a year or two and learn an nfl offense he's got all the intangibles the big arm the the size and the mobility um but it's a, i believe he's another project quarterback and i think if you're going to go project quarterback anthony richardson in my opinion is the better way to go um with just the uh abilities that he's shown on tape versus Will Levis. So uh, I think that uh, Will Levis is is going to be a, a quarterback in this league eventually, and I think that he could possibly be pre- pretty good. Uh, he just has to go to the right situation, and uh, I just don't think Carolina is that. And uh, I think from some of the crazy things I've heard, or I think even Joe Person did a mock where they, they trade up to three or five and take Will Levis over other quarterbacks still on the board like I just I that's the situation where I'm going to be unhappy I don't think Will Lewis is ready day one I don't think he's ready year one uh to be a quarterback in this league and um I think that he's he just needs time and and that's fine no knock against him it's just he's not as NFL ready as these top two guys in this draft and a team like Carolina who is really in a prime position to win the division, needs a guy that can come in and lead their team, lead his team to a uh, a NFC South championship. Yeah, I think he's, he's, every team wants him to be Josh Allen. That's what they're hoping for. He's, I mean, he kind of fits the mold. He's got the cannon arm, can throw a mile far. I mean, the guy can throw forever. Uh, Is he's got a massive arm. He's tough. Um, but he's so inconsistent. I mean, that's his biggest flaw. Like Sam Darnold, inconsistent. Like he's he struggles with the touch passes, uh, his ball location. He's I mean, when he misses, there sometimes they're like really bad, like ten yard misses, like crazy bad misses. Um, but that's kind of how Josh Allen was. Like Josh Allen had yeah. a low completion rating. I'm looking comparing stats across the board here. Josh Allen in 2016 at Wyoming is, I would say, arguably his best year there. 28 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, a 
percent completion rating. Will Levis in that second year, 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 65% completion rating. Then Josh Allen, the year before he was drafted, he he dropped again. He dropped down, kind of like Will Levis did. He was 16 touchdowns, six interceptions. I believe Allen got injured, though. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, he got injured. But he had a 56% completion rating. But again, Will Levis, and that's there's a lot of uncertainty there. He was also injured this past season. A cut he was he had a couple nagging injuries, and that's where it's like, well, how much do you buy into this past season? But he had 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 65% completion rating. So again, he's the everyone's hoping he's the Josh Allen. I mean, yeah. he, we we got to ask him that a couple a couple months ago, and he said that's if he had to compare himself to anyone, that's who he'd compare himself to. So can he become that Josh Allen? It remains to be seen. It's a million dollar question. I mean, if he does, you strike gold with him. But yeah. it's that unknown. Are you willing to take that risk? And yeah, I don't know. I I think there are I like I said, and I think I think there are a couple other guys in front of him that are rather roll the dice with. Will I be upset if he's taken over CJ Stroud? Yeah, absolutely. Will I like hate it and be like don't want to go to games? No, I mean I I'm gonna buy into whoever they draft. I usually am that way, but I'm gonna be upset if you know Stroud is on the board at three. They trade up and go get Will Levis. That's gonna be a tough pill to swallow, and I hope he proves me wrong. But I just think the top two prospects that could be are going to be ready coming out and are going to have long careers in the NFL is Stroud and Young, and I. I think these other these couple other guys have way more risk involved. So yeah. it should be fun. I'm excited. The quarterbacks throw on Saturday, I believe, if that's correct. Saturday at one o'clock. Sounds like Bryce Young won't be throwing. Nah, he's all right. He doesn't need to throw. We 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 know what he is. <laughs> but speaking on the projects, I thought this was Interesting. I got to find it here to see the um, exact quote from Scott Fitter. But if they go out, someone asked about, you know, some of the project type rookie quarterbacks like the Anthony Richardsons of the world or Will Levis. Um, And I think basically what Scott said is you better have a bridge for that player. Um, Yeah. But he does have faith in this staff since it's, you know, everyone's saying it's one of the top staffs in the league right now, just based off of who's on who on paper. Um, he believes in this staff to coach them up and get the best out of them. And I, I mean, I think that's accurate. I think, I mean, you have, I mean, you have a plethora of offensive minded guys, Frank Reich and Jim Caldwell and Josh McCown and Thomas Brown adds the McVay's perspective and, uh, Jefferson at why he's a you know an up and coming wide receivers co. I mean just all those guys coupled together I think is is going to be beneficial to that rookie and I think Josh McCown is is going to I mean that's going to pay dividends for whoever they bring in. Yeah, absolutely, and and we all know Josh McCown's favorite quarterback in this draft. He was breaking it down with uh uh. I can't. I think underdog fantasy maybe. Uh, I can't remember the Josh Norris. 
Yeah, Josh Norris. Yeah, so uh, Josh McCown loves having some CJ Stroud. So we will see. Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean these these next couple of weeks again. I would I would for those you know that are interested in all this is keep your eye on what they do with the veteran route. I mean, if they go out and get Derek Carr, I think the the rookie QB route is probably not happening. Maybe in a later round. Um, but if they go out and re-sign, you know, a Sam Darnold or I don't know if you can, you probably could get Jimmy G cheap. I'm not sure. Or, uh, God, the other guy, Jacoby Brissett, someone of that stature, I feel like it's a pretty telltale sign that they're going to get a QB. And then I think you would see, I would think in the next couple of weeks, if they're going to do a trade to move up, it's probably going to happen. I would say, I mean, before the draft, well, I mean, probably several weeks before the draft. I'm, I'm trying to think back I to think, when the I, Eagles traded up. I think Scott Fitter said that within the next two weeks is, you know, it, it is an integral time. And I think that he wants to have the trade, if they were to trade up, uh, completed before free agency starts, if I'm not mistaken. I think that he was asked that question today. Um, and that was his answer um, that within the next two weeks, he hopes to have an answer um, either uh, free agency or trade up. And I'm looking, so did the Eagles, so the Eagles obviously didn't go to one. They went to two. Did they trade on draft night or was that like, let's just do some quick search in here just to see. I can't remember if they traded up during the draft or that, it, or if that happened prior to the 2016 draft. Let's just check this while we're... So, no, they traded about a week before the draft, and I feel like that has changed now because the NFL Combine has pretty much turned into a grounds for teams to talk with each other about trades. And I also think the pro days are another time. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the times that's when things will evolve. And that's this month. There's, I mean, I want to say I might have the tweet tweet in drafts here. If I, if I have this right and we can just rattle these dates off, but CJ Stroud's pro days from what I found online, March 22nd, Bryce young is the following day on the 23rd and will Levis is the 24th. I haven't seen anything on Florida or Tennessee's, pro day yet but i mean those guys are going to be all right in a row that's another big time so i would say you would think if they're going to move up by the end of march you'd have a pretty good idea of what's going to be happening um, as far as that goes and again they can yeah. make something happen during the draft but i feel like it'd be sooner rather than later and the you know the bears even said that in their gm press conference that they would like to get a good idea and kind of scope out where they're going to go in free agency if they can work out a trade earlier. So just something to keep in mind. Um, and before we go, I do want to, I just wanted to mention that a little bit because um, you got to kind of listen to what other teams are saying as well. And I tweeted this out yesterday of just brief observations of the other teams at the combine interviews. Sounds like the Bears are open to trading. The Cardinals are open to trading. You can't, and this is kind of, it seems like a curveball a little bit to me. The Seahawks 
aren't out of it for a yeah. quarterback. The Raiders, all options are on the table. It would seem maybe they go the veteran route, but we'll see what happens there. And the Falcons are not out of it. And again, there's a lot of smoke. I understand that. Some of these teams might be just saying that. So teams that want a quarterback do trade up. The Lions also mentioned tonight that, you know, they even though they do have Jared Goff, that, you know, uh, drafting a QB with the picks they have is not out of the realm either. So, like, all those teams, it seemed like, are saying they could go QB except for the Bears, even though they said they'd still talk to all the prospects too. So, the most likely trading spots would probably be Chicago and Arizona. Yeah, I agree. But, and it, I guess it's uh, what risk are they willing? How how, uh, how convinced are they on that on the prospect that you know they have in their mind? Are are they okay with possibly getting one or the other, or do they have one guy? And um, you know, I think that's what will decide the trading up for one or three at that point. Well, I think we're going to leave it there. Again, there's a lot to hash out and we will keep talking about this as the weeks go on, but we just want to thank everyone for listening to the Panthers on tap podcast. You can listen to our episodes, wherever you get your podcasts, go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 